0: Welcome to Six Pack Discussions, where Cody and Jared take on the biggest, most talked about headlines with logic, passion, and a six-pack of beer. If you're
1: listening, we challenge you to take an unbiased view of the world, because we know these conversations are complicated. So sit down, crack a beer, and welcome a new perspective. Okay, guys, coming in hot with a new episode with Jared and Cody, Six Pack Discussions.
0: Uh, What are we talking about today, Jared? Today, we're going to be talking about... uh, Militarization of the police force. Um, yeah, it, it's been commonly scrutinized as of late. Um, right. I, I say it's been a pretty hot topic for quite some time. It's, it's ten not, years easy. It's not too hard to find any information as far as pro and con this. No, um, I really don't know where you stand. I don't think we've ever talked about this in previous. So I'm really curious no. to get your your feedback and your take on these. So
1: no, actually, um, I'll be honest. This is actually uh, when we we created the original list when we started these episodes. <laughs> you know, we we wrote down probably a hundred topics. Um, We're getting into a couple that were some of the very first topics that were posed. And this actually is a topic that was posed by one of our listeners um, from probably, I'm going to say, maybe September or October timeframe of 2021. And so um, really, really cool. Shout out to one of our listeners who gave us this idea. Um, He actually uh, wanted to be a guest, I'll be honest. (laughs) Um, So if you're listening right now. We will make room for guests. We have just not figured out the format yet for guests. Um, I, I think once we move into our new studio when we start actually recording there, we'll try to figure out how to make the guest thing work. Because uh, right now, I'll, I'll be honest, we're kind of flying by the seat of our pants on, on some of these episodes. So <laughs> I don't know if that's the right terminology. <laughs> to put it lightly. To yeah. put it lightly. Yeah. yeah. So um, yeah, we're talking about police militarization. Um I have a definition here, kind of. I don't know if that helps. Also, us out a little, I'm
0: going to try to avoid to say militarization as I just kind of fumbled through the uh, yeah. introduction. It's a very difficult
1: word <laughs> for it me to It is militarization, say. right? Yeah. Of police. Um, simply means like the use uh, or police using military um, equipment or tactics by law uh, enforcement officers. So, this would be like your general city police or your state police, uh, maybe sheriff department. Um sometimes what people may refer to as military equipment to give you everybody kind of some images in their mind um the armored vehicles yeah the MRAPs yep mine resistant mine um, resistant um, um assault rifles grenade launchers grenade launchers flashbang grenades tear gas yep um a lot of times i think when you visualize uh, think of like SWAT so if you've seen the movie SWAT right that that gives you an idea of a militarized police unit um probably gang units things like that so that's what we're talking about today. Is the militarization of police good, bad, indifferent? Um, have they went too far? Is it <clears throat> rationalized? Where's kind of the line that should be drawn at some point? So I don't know if you went through any stats or pros, cons that we should start out with <coughs> here, kind of
0: Yeah, I did. Um so one of the stats that was that was pretty alarming to me is you know, the police is, is a government entity, right? And you know, obviously, with me coming from the military, there is a kind of an old saying that says, "Hey, if you don't use it, you lose it." Whether it's from a budget, a resource, yeah. asset, whatever you want to call it, if you don't use it, you lose it. So, um, I understand the conflict. You know, if I'm the police chief, as far as deploying these assets, I I, I get the rock in a hard place that he or she is in yep. between right now because I get you know the government is giving me all these resources. Well, clearly, I have to use them. Yep. Um, but something just to kind of illustrate. Uh, the significant use is in the 1980s. There were about 3,000 SWAT deployments per year.
1: Uh, how many? 3,000. 3,000 a year in okay. in the 80s. Okay.
0: Now, uh, now the, the most recent stat I was able to pull is in 2014. There were 80,000. 3,000 to 80,000. Yeah. So we got like over like, the, over the 30 years. We got like a 30 fold. That, that's that's wild to me. And and really, I I took that a little bit deeper. I was like, that's Eighty thousand—that's a lot. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're we're talking thousands a day, right? Yeah, or hundreds a day. Um, and then I started going to like the SWAT deployment, and I came across this this horrible phenomenon that is happening about four hundred times a year, and it's called swatting. Okay. So essentially, what swatting is is let's say I am trying to play a prank on you, and I'm going to call nine one one and say, "Hey, dispatcher, um, I, I see this crazy guy. He's got you know." A lot of weapons, and y- you got to figure him out. His address is XYZ in mm-hmm. Chandler, Arizona.
1: That's and horrible.
0: Ho- horrible. It happens four hundred times a freaking year. So it's like it's prank,
1: but you're actually using resources, and you're probably making uh, you, you,
0: no, no, you're not using them. You're abusing. Yeah, you're resources.
1: abusing resources, and you're also probably making someone's life fairly miserable, and you're probably putting them in a very, very odd predicament. Then they've done nothing wrong. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's horrible. I, I would not recommend that any any person to even probably put a person in that situation. That's a horrible situation.
0: Yeah, because all that you did is you took away from those resources and that asset from me, another person that could potentially be in you. Yeah. So f you first of all, if you're doing yeah. that, but um, yeah, that, that was wild to me to see the drastic increase from three thousand to eighty thousand. And and then actually, I was like, okay, well, hey, you know, I'm always, I'm, I'm always know. hearing about you know the increased increased crime, so. I was like, okay, maybe maybe that 80,000 is justified. However, a third of the time is the only time it's cover, uncovered a weapon. So one third of those 80,000, even a weapon, is uncovered. 40% of the time, zero contraband is found.
1: Well, it's interesting, though. A third would mean that about 25,000 deployments actually make sense.
0: Sure, yeah. Right? Well, So hold it's on. Hold 20, on. So, so the SWAT rates only uncover a weapon... At the scene, a third of the time. Of 80,000. So, so it's one of those things where is uncovering a weapon, is, is that a crime? Yeah. Like you, you have a lot of weapons. Yeah. That so if the SWAT were to raid your house, okay, that you would be a part of that stat, so I guess it's kind of cool. But what about four out of 10? So we're talking about what, 32,000 yeah. of that 80,000 figure, you find zero contraband whatsoever? Yeah. They, yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know.
1: and That's what I was going to ask you if she in the next one. What, what are the deployments for? And This sounds like. What they're getting deployed for, but so what are most
0: most deployments? I couldn't get an actual figure. All I could get was most. So yeah, let's I mean, say fifty-one. Whatever. Yeah, um, it's just run in the mill drug searches. Yeah, I heard that's. The most hey, I think this guy has has some pot in countries that's not and le- states that's not legal. Hey, I got I heard so this guy is. Oh, SWAT. What?
1: Yeah, that's a little <laughs> odd.
0: Because it's it's one of those things where you and I we've talked about this not not specifically to police, but in conversations. Whenever you get so passionate, so heated, you you kind of lose sight. So whenever you come in just guns blazing, literally, yep. you, you kind of lose sight. You get lost in the moment. You you lose. If, if you're the one that's showing, not passion, if you're the one that's very easily excitable, chances are you're probably going to lose sight.
1: Yeah, no, definitely.
0: And, and I feel like that's really apples to apples here. Whenever, look, you, you, I believe that you should use appropriate force for the appropriate means, right? Mm-hmm. So if... I have to come up at you and all of a sudden you have a gun. Well, I want a gun too. You know, just kind of fight apples to apples. But all of a sudden, if you have a gun, I don't need a freaking tank.
1: Yeah, it is. Yeah, I see what you're saying. And one of the things that when I was doing a lot of research, I think the same thing kept on popping up. I don't know if you saw this, but um, 1033 program. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the 1033 and 1122 programs, which are federal programs that were created, I think underneath... um, uh, George W. Bush, or George H.
0: Yeah, Bush, Leso 1033 program. Yeah, so yep.
1: George H. Bush back in the early 90s, and then uh, expanded greatly during Bill Clinton's um, presidency, and then still getting used today. These programs um, offer have so far offered billions of dollars of military equipment. So essentially, what it is is military order makes so many orders a year for, uh, let's say, uh, armor-plated vest. Well, they put in an order of a million vests. Great. Well, they end up only needing about 800,000. Okay. Well, now we have 200,000 vests that are on the shelf. And mm-hmm. so what this program allows for is local police departments to say, hey, guys, um, we would like a new set of vests. We're going to put in an order of 20 of them in. You know, we only have 10 soldiers or 10 police officers part of our force, but we, we're going to put an order of 20 in. So as long as they can show some type of reasoning for that, oh, well, they get sweaty, they need to get clean, mm-hmm. so we need whatever their reasoning is. So... Uh, and it's free it's 100 percent free for local and state police departments to use this program and, th- and the idea here was let's let's take kind of advantage of the federal um program that we already have we're getting good discounts we're going to have the equipment anyways so let's make sure that it's getting Put to good use. Yep. Now, who likes this idea? Is of course the defense contractors.
0: Haps of freaking loot. They're right? going to supply more.
1: Bingo. They're going to say, "Hey, guys, go ahead and put the big order in. If you have any excess, well, the great thing is you're going to be helping the men Local and women. Yep. Exactly. It's it's all right if you if you put in you know a five percent extra order. Don't worry, it's going to go to a good cause. So they're always going to be trying to sell more things. And so um, this is a very chicken and egg situation is there's not really a desire to have this equipment but because it's there it's going to always kind of be there to be used so why not use it to your point and maybe this is escalating some situations because you're like hey we already have it might as well use it or we'll lose the ability to get some in the future so interesting 1033 1122 i I recommend everyone look it up i tried to go down some rabbit holes on these two programs um apparently there's a lot of people that have tried to change them or limit them a little bit, kind of change it and regulate it a little bit, haven't had much success apparently.
0: So, you know, it, it's one of those things where I think our listeners, they have an idea as far as, you know, kind of where I stand as far as, you know, regulations and you know, yeah. intervention a lot. I, I, most of the time I'm really not for it. Um, but I, I do think that this one particular issue has gotten a little out of hand, especially whenever I started coming across these, these, uh, these figures. And again, you know, whenever I first came across that 80,000, I, I told you how 40%, you know, come up with no contraband, only a third even find a weapon. And I was like, okay, now now we're getting kind of bad. And the, the worst stat that I found though, the New York city chief of police. Okay. Or police chief rather. I guess this is, is actually the, the
1: new mayor. I don't, he was, I think he was a chief and now he's the mayor. Now,
0: Eric, Gar- uh, something. Uh, I, I don't, I didn't write okay. down his name, just yeah. the, the, the Go, chief sorry. police. <laughs> so no knock SWAT. Raid, right? Kind of a controversial subject in and of itself, but guess what percentage the chief of police said that they get the wrong address of these no-knock raids?
1: Oh, God.
0: um, 20%? Okay. 10%. Okay. So, so let's take that 80,000 figure from a credible source, and now we're going to have the chief of police saying that 10% we get the wrong freaking address. That would be like you doing nothing wrong, you and your wife, you and your pregnant wife are eating dinner, maybe just put down Lillian, and all of a sudden you got freaking SWAT breaking down your windows and doors. What the hell? That's where I was like, I I think, I, I know this sounds kind of bad, because I understand whenever people are calling for police, hopefully... Whenever people are calling for police, it's an actual emergency, and we don't really have time for checks and balances. I get that because you need to respond. And, you know, time is of the essence with these emergency situations.
1: Yeah, I don't know if that's a. I don't know if it's a fixable. It's just a fault of
0: emergency situations. Like, I get it, man. Ten percent, bro. You need to take off. <laughs> I think one percent would be a pretty hot. A, <laughs> the wrong address. Ten percent. Eight thousand times a year.
1: I'm saying, come on, man. me personally, I don't know if I can do the exact perfect job 10 times in a row every time. Okay. I'm going to fail one out of 10 times more than likely,
0: not fail, but I'm not going to do it perfectly. So I'm okay with failure. We're humans. We, we yeah. have imperfections. So this is failure,
1: 10%. That's a 90%. <sighs> That's passing.
0: That is great, actually. That's what we went through college and high school with. All right. So hey, I know you, perfection is you, great. You, you, but you travel a lot for work, right? Yeah. You, you travel 10 times in a year? Yes. It's okay if one of your planes just goes down. Is that an acceptable level of risk to you? So 90% of planes, they're going to they're gonna land safely. Okay, so you're, you're changing
1: it. People are dying in that situation. They, With SWAT, you're just knocking on the wrong door, knocking the wrong door down. You're not actually do, inflicting harm on anybody.
0: Do you have, do you have weapons, Cody? Yeah. Do, do you have some guns? Do you, do you clean them at your house? Yeah. Let's say you're one of the uh, recipients of this wrong address, no-knock SWAT raid, and you're cleaning a weapon. All of a sudden, right yeah. now, the way that the SWAT is looking at it, you have weapon in your hand. A weapon in your hand. Yeah. You don't think that shit can maybe go wrong?
1: I I, I get it, man. I, I totally would never want anybody to go through that situation. No, that's horrible. But the problem is, is okay. So we have an emergency. Uh, a crazy husband has just killed his wife. And is now going to drown his two children in his house, and he has maybe an explosive or whatever it is, and a neighbor gets wind of this. Like, of course, I want to see a show. I want to see those children live. Of course, right. I want to see that guy go to jail forever, if not more, because of what kind of maniac he is, crazy person. So there's two extremes here, and I feel like you cannot argue about the extremes you're, you're kind of arguing in this it's 10 percent world of yes you you no one wants to see their door kicked in i get it i i, I, I just, also don't want to see little kids get drowned in a bathtub because there are weird horrible ugly people out there that are just bad for everybody so you see like if you don't ever kind of just act you're gonna get people that are paralyzed to not do anything.
0: And and I get no decision is probably the worst thing you can do. Bingo. Yeah. Um, I want to think, I want to say it was FDR that says, you know, a good decision now is better than a perfect decision later. One, I think it was FDR. I'm pretty sure on that one, but don't quote me. Yeah. Um, so kind of weirdly, I'm not trying, I I don't know. I guess just what maybe, maybe our acceptance of excellence is different. I, I I think 10% is, is crazy high, especially when the stakes are that high to where you're coming in with armored men, a team, into a house. I don't I don't know. I just think that's. Yeah, but so here, how about this?
1: How many percent of time are they actually doing something that's going to harm somebody at that point? Let's say it's less than 0.01%. Yes, they found the wrong house, but they didn't harm anybody 99.9% of the time. Okay. Okay, so you see, like, we're not actually accepting anybody getting harmed. Yeah, there's a door. Someone's going to have to pay for that. I get it. I don't want that to happening, but of course I, you yeah, I, I know just, you didn't. I'm just kind of like thinking, I'm like the last thing I want is somebody being paralyzed to so not act at all. And then all of a sudden there are kids
0: or, or, you, or you know, create harmed. some other barriers and the checks and balances that and I was go. alluding to. I, I, I get, yeah. I'm not happy with my solution, yeah. but I'm just not happy with the product right now either. I know after the research, it's a hard one. So here's a weird one. Um, going through some of the, we're about to finish our
1: first beer, I think, yep. and, and go into a review. We didn't even mention it, <laughs> but that's, that's a surprise for everybody that's listening. <laughs> Um a little cliffhanger there. Yeah, right. <laughs> so some of the things that I wanted to go through, and then we can maybe break them down and see. Because I, I think we're kind of all over the place on this one, to be honest. I, I think there's some real pros and cons to this conversation that it's convoluted. There's not any easy solutions. The last couple of episodes, I think we've kind of come to an agreement almost. So this is a, a great one to kind of have a conversation with you know, your buddies, your girlfriends, whoever you're chatting with you know, on a Saturday night after a couple of beers. But uh, a couple of pros... You know, uh, police departments are historically oppressive and and act violent in some cases. And so defunding them or reducing the amount of military equipment could reduce some violence. Um, And and that's some of the pros, of course, stating that, hey, if we demilitarize and not offer them as much equipment, then we may have or very well could have police departments that um, don't have the ability to act against maybe communities that are not as advantaged. And so that's one of the big pros from a political standpoint mm. that I read up on. Mm-hmm. Another big pro is, is um, simply police officers and police department reforms historically have not worked. <clears throat> so maybe we should try a different tactic altogether and not just add more money to the situation. That was another one that that. I read up. Um, and then the, the last one <clears throat> that's a pro, and I'll go through the three cons, is uh, police are are trained and we're not intended, oh, sorry, we're not trained, and we're not intended to do um, many of the jobs that they perform, Um, and so you're giving them equipment that possibly they're not 100% capable of using. You know, if this is like, if I gave you some of the tools in my garage, because I build a lot of stuff, you'd probably be like, okay, well, give me a, a, a quick training lesson on this stuff, please." because where's the on switch, Yeah. right? And so I'm sure there is some training for some of these tools, but it's not like, it's part of their day job. Uh, I'm sure most of this equipment's getting only pulled out and you're literally blowing the cobwebs off of it twice, three times a year Mm -hmm. for when you have to use it. Now, this kind of goes into a con here for, and I'll start with this one, is when I do need it, should I have it? And this is a weird situation is I I have a lot of things in my garage because I build furniture. There's some tools that I only use one out of every 20 projects. And it's a very specialized tool that's only being used. And so sometimes, and I know these are weird, they're not all weapons. Some of them are defense items. Sometimes they're shields, riot shields, things like that. I don't ever want to have to pull them out, to be honest. But for that case or example, or time when I need it. It's almost like insurance. Exactly. It's like car
0: insurance. You hate to
1: use it, but you're glad you have it. (sighs) You hate to even pay for it. You hate for any of it. No kidding. Right? You hate to even have to do it. But when you want to, when you want to have it, it's better need to it,
0: need it and not, I'm sorry, it's better to have it and not need it than need it and go. not have it.
1: And I think a lot of people would rather be in a position. And I think police departments have kind of went this route. They're like, Hey guys, we don't mind having this stuff locked up in a cabinet. Three hundred and sixty days a year
0: yep. to you only use it for five, five days. So I, I get that. What do you think about that one? So I, I got I, two more, but going yeah, ahead yeah. that. So I'm actually really happy you brought that point up and I, I anticipated that actually. Yeah. And I was a hundred percent aligned with you until I started going down the little school path. Forty percent of schools in America right now have a full time police officer. That's think, nice, right? I think we had one in in high school. Well, uh, Woody, Woody yeah, Officer Woody. Yeah. Okay, that that's great. However,
1: and they do they do more than just uh, police work. They actually do like classes. I think he was like a,
0: a teacher. Yeah. What if I told you in those forty percent of schools, uh, there was five five times as many arrests. Doesn't so, this mean a little ridiculous?
1: Um, okay, say, say it one it, more time.
0: So, in those 40%, there were five times, you're five times as more li- like, I'm sorry, there are five times as many arrests in those 40% than there were in the
1: 60%. Oh, so if you have a police officer on campus, yeah, you're going to see more. Because arrest.
0: they often get looped into routine disciplinary issues to where like a, a vice principal or a principal would matter. What if I told you no. that there were three schools? through this 1033 program that you already talked about, they got freaking grenade launchers. Granted, they were returned, but the, the facts of the situation are is there were a total five, but three in LA and a couple of counties that I can't pronounce. There so were a total five yeah. schools. But three in LA County School District, three schools received grenade launchers. Now,
1: it's funny. Those grenade launchers, I actually had to look that up because a lot of departments actually ordered those. They don't actually use them to launch grenades. I think mm-hmm. it's a little bit of a misconception. They use them to launch usually like anti-riot things so like smoke grenades smoke items flashbangs they use them to launch essentially other projectiles that are not lethal in some cases now i get it we're getting to technic antics here a
0: we are bit. we're getting to the sales of it and yeah and the i know marketing of it
1: but i see like if a i don't know the situation for each one of these high schools if there's three of them it sounds like they returned them i don't know if it's because of publicity or if it was a mistake right um so, uh, I want to go back to your other one thing because that's interesting to me. Maybe you have a little more detail on it the high schools. So, you have 40% of schools that have a police officer on campus, mm-hmm. and they are resulting in five times as many arrests or something like that you mentioned. Yeah. So, do you think that a vice president or president is equipped? Oh, uh, Not president, principal, vice president, <laughs> vice principal or principal are they properly ready to deal with those situations or do you, or do you think it's good to have a, a police officer deal with those situations?
0: I don't know. Obviously. No, no. no. So, so the issue is, is they're, they're being asked for routine disciplinary things like disrespecting the teacher or using their cell phone. I mean, routine stuff that stupid students do. Yeah. So uh, that, that's, that's yeah. where it's just like, why are you over escalating a situation? It's very similar to why are you deploying SWAT for mm-hmm. a routine drug search? It's, it's unnecessary show of force and, and honestly abuse of force rather so the only one i'm kind of going to think push back a little bit on is because there's a
1: current situation going on in virginia where uh, a school principal right now i think is on like leave because he performed some disciplinary action on a kid that performed i think i think there are like rape charges of some sort on a are girl are you talking about the transgender yes yes so performed some type of rape or something like that in a school bathroom. I don't know all the t- details here, guys, so I might be mis- misspeaking a little bit, but I'm pretty sure a, a guy that was a girl was in the girl's bathroom and raped another female in the bathroom. And so the there's no on-campus police, of course, to deal with the situation, and so the principal took it upon himself to deal with it, and they really didn't deal with it appropriately. And so kind of a slap on the wrist, okay, um, sorry, little girl, You know, your parents are probably going to be upset with the situation. I'm sure we're going to deal with it, but we're going to deal with it in a high school fashion. We're not going to deal with the police. And in that situation, I think most parents, I know I probably would have wanted a police officer to deal with that situation because that kid
0: probably
1: should have been arrested that day.
0: I agree because it's a crime. Okay, so... Disrespecting a teacher using your cell phone, that's not a crime.
1: So I'm just wondering if if that is a 5% of the instances.
0: And I'm sure this is a little clickbaity. Yeah, exactly. And I'm not intending for it to be. I'm just, you know, kind of regurgitating the facts of the stories and research that I did. And I understand where it can be perceived as that. But the the fact that cops are unnecessarily involved, I think, is the overarching principle. Because
1: when we were in high school, I think we saw a couple kids get arrested. Yeah. And they were literally selling drugs. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So should the principal act on that, or is that more of a police officer? That, that or would... is the police officer. Okay. Yes. So it's kind of weird. Like, okay, do we have the police officer? Because unfortunately, it's going to happen. Or do we not? You have to pick. You can't have both. And maybe the police officer is like, hey, guys, I don't want to... And you're right. If they are dis- if they are doing some type of arresting or, so or penalties... So do, do you also
0: think... Uh... Officer Woody, whenever we're cutting class, whenever you and I decided not to go to math class or we decided to go to Chick-fil-A, so we we're absurdly late yeah. to stats class, our yeah. first period. Is that a is that a crime? Do, do you not see Woody kind of get on to people as far as, you know, coming into class a little late? You know, I don't, I don't remember that, to be okay. honest. Yeah. Did that happen? I mean, it's one of those things where that's what I'm just trying to illustrate as yeah. far as It I, could I, happen. I, where's your lane? Yeah. Where does he get involved? Because I'm all for it, if rapes or, yeah. or actual crimes are getting committed or selling drugs. apps are freaking low. That's what they're there for. Yeah. And, and actually, it's really funny. So, there is no such thing or, or maybe I'm just a poor researcher. I try to go over like the overarching mission, vision, core values of the police force. And I couldn't find one for every department. Every department has a little bit different values. So. They, they, they slightly differ. Yeah. Um, but I, I probably looked at probably public. about a dozen, maybe two dozen. And they all have, you know, essentially to serve and protect their community and make yeah. everyone, you know, uh, feel safe. Yeah. Right. Th- those are the buzzwords that you see in every single mission statement. And it's one of those things where I'm trying to – kind of rationalized in my head, you know, as far as, you know, in the grenade launchers or the projectile launchers, I guess, to, to use your marketing term there. Uh, <laughs> it's one of those things where do you really feel safe if all of a sudden, whenever you're going into school, you see your, your, your cop, your school cop, you know, kind of locked and loaded, or you see an MRAP driving through your town? Yeah. Does that really make you feel safe?
1: yeah honestly yeah and
0: and i understand that you and i are very fortunate in the in the communities that we've grown up in and the communities that we currently live in so so maybe we are speaking about a little outside of our true empathy Mm -hmm. expertise but i'm just trying to put myself in that position and i don't give a damn if i'm in south compton or scottsdale arizona i'm not gonna feel very safe if i see a freaking mrap driving down the 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 road right
1: i don't know it's kind of interesting i whenever i go to like a You know, if I'm going towards, like, even when I went to uh, one of the bases that you were stationed on, and I'm visiting, I'm like, man, this is some cool shit. Yeah, Peterson, Davis-Monthorne, Yeah, we got some badass equipment, Mm -hmm. to be honest, right? Oh, yeah. That kind of makes me feel like, wow, I'm in a country that's pretty safe. Okay. Right? Because you guys seem like you got your shit together, you're organized, you know what you're doing. Yep. And I get it, maybe there's a little bit of difference there, but... I don't think many Americans would say, okay, guys, I, I feel like I'm in an unsafe country. I bet there's a lot of countries where people are like, I have no idea who's in power right now. I have no idea if there's going to be a civil war that breaks the cartel, up. cartel, the president. Exactly, yeah. exactly. I get it. Right? And so if you're in a city that has a police department that may be over-militarized, and again, most of this happens only during rioting or situations that are bad, right, when you see this type of presence. And again, we have not been in the situation where it makes us feel scared or anything like that because we haven't had to see that. I don't know if I would be on board with saying, no, that's going to make me feel in fear of my life. I'd be like, these guys are actually here because we're trying to control the situation so it doesn't get out of control. Same thing as what you've done Mm -hmm. with the military, right? We're just trying to make sure that we have a preventative measure in place Mm -hmm. for a worse situation. What do you think about that? Do you think that's we gotta stop and, and do a little review of that. So, beer. So we do, we do. Let's do um, that real quick.
0: So first and foremost, so we we got an interesting beer. This is a new one of us. It's called the, the what the the joy bus wow, wow wheat, wheat. <laughs> wow wheat. That's
1: funny, right? This is
0: straight out of nineteen seventies. The coloring, <sighs> the little you know, fun little Volkswagen. It bus feels there. like Beatles, right? It says what wondrous orange wheat. Yeah, kind of fun. Yeah, uh, super l- fun l- from l- l- Four peaks. peaks. Yeah, I, I actually never seen this. Me neither. I don't know if it's new, but
1: I. I am not normally a wheat beer person, to be honest. Yep. Um, my wife will never touch a wheat beer. She says it looks oh, really? like piss. Uh, <laughs> well, it's, it's in a bottle, so we can't really see it. Yeah, but the coloring of a beer like this, because it's kind of got that cloudy, like a uh, yellow look to it. <laughs> and I'm like, well, what have you been drinking <laughs> if it's cloudy? But, um, anyways, oh, I, I'm actually, because I think wheat beer is traditionally like a blue moon. I think that's like kind of the most traditional. And this year. obviously,
0: you know, has the orange tint to it as well. Yeah, hints of orange. Rather. Oh, yeah, and
1: yeah. I'm a fan. I, I I don't know about you, but Four Peaks, mm. you guys, if you guys, if this is a seasonal drink, if this is a a, a short run, continue it. <laughs> I think so. I think this is a 4.0 all day long for me.
0: Yeah, so I I think this is solid. Um, with with the hints of orange, you know, it's it's trying to get a little little IPA, little flavor for yeah. me. Um, so I'm going to, I'm going to call you, I can feel confident. I think I gave that day drinker, which I really liked. I think I gave it a three, eight. Um, this is just under the day drinker for me. So I'm probably going to go three, seven. I I think this is a solid beer, but I I really enjoyed that day drinker. Yeah. Um,
1: I liked it too. Yeah. Um, I think I give the day drinker even a better score than you did to be honest, but But whatever this drink, this uh, this is a solid beer. I would drink this any day of the week. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. It's a great beer. So, I, I'm sorry, I, I, I'm
0: forgetting your question. What was it exactly? No,
1: so I was saying, um, you know, we expect our military to protect our borders Agreed. and other countries and make sure that, you know, we are... My house is not going to just be shot down with a missile. Mm-hmm. Like, we, we, we expect that. It's
0: a reasonable expectation. Exactly. More and than it, more than 10% acceptance rate, right? Yeah.
1: <laughs> and so we have that... I don't know about that.
0: but <laughs> Yeah, I know. But it is a reasonable expectation
1: because... I'm like, okay, I trust you to do a good job while you're in the military. I trust that there's the right equipment that you guys are doing the right thing. Now, I get it. There's probably overspending. There's probably a lot of things that are kind of going, maybe not 100%. Maybe 90% of the time, it's probably pretty good. And then 10 percent maybe we're overspending some stuff. Like there's some things that we probably spend, some should be spending, yeah, $10 for a bolt, when yep. it should probably be eight, You know, $0.03. Cents. I'm just making a joke it, of I, this. I know.
0: It, it, um, not extortion. That's not the word I'm looking for. But um, government entities sometimes do get... DoD government pricing. Yes. DoD.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately, there's so many things that they pay for that mm-hmm. things can kind of be convoluted a little bit. Yeah, I get it. And so with this whole police thing, I, I am totally thinking, okay, it's a little much that they're buying some of this stuff, but if they show up at a situation and they have an MRAD, if they have say, you're, you know, these projectile launchers that you mentioned are gray lawn, grenade launchers or whatever it may be once a year, is it make me feel scared? And mm-hmm. I'm like, well, actually, they're probably trying to control a situation that's going to get out of hand and possibly could burn down my home, my business,
0: my park. As we've seen in recent riots in exactly. the last couple of years.
1: And so I don't know. I don't know if it makes me feel scared or semi like, okay, they're trying to
0: control the situation. What do you think about that? So I, I agree with you to the extent of, you know, very rarely does the military use their t- not rarely um when appropriate i feel like the the military uses their fighters uses their tanks uses their use, uses their toys right you know we'll, we'll do a show of force the elephant walk if you will in the air force that's that's a that's a term but very rarely do we use it we train to them to an ungodly extent as you yeah. imagine as you'd expect as you'd want but rarely do we physically use them except for the last 20 years that we've been in afghanistan and iraq <laughs> Yeah, I mean, but really, I mean, we're not—we're not, we're not, not re- dropping bombs every day, man. Not dropping bombs, but they're there. We, we have hundreds of bombers, but we're not dropping bombs every day. They're stationed there. They're flying. Over I get, the city. It, but okay. you show force. There's a difference between using them mm-hmm. rather than just kind of saying, "Hey, don't f with me." Okay. Kind of like what you're talking about, as far as feeling safe. If you know my police force have X, Y, and Z, but as I just alluded to earlier on this podcast, they're using their SWAT team. 80,000 times until, a, a, and, and so what? I can't remember the exact stat, but four out of 10, you don't even find any freaking contraband? Yeah. 32 out of 82, out of 32,000 out of 80,000, you didn't even find anything?
1: Yeah. Well, same thing could be said with, like, Iraq. Like, we didn't find any that's weapons a, of M&D, right? That's, or that's weapons a, of mass destruction, WMDs. Whatever. Same New thing. And make, that, that was 10 make. years, and that was probably the, 100 the, million times more that, That's a
0: different podcast. And yeah, we that, should do that. We can do it, dude. We could go down to eight hundred different rabbit holes as far as, but anyways,
1: it can happen in any case scenario. And this is where I'm like, okay, if there, let's say there's a massive riot in Phoenix right now. Mm -hmm. There are there are, let's say a thousand people uh, on two different sides of the fence that are throwing bottles at each other, maybe you know projectiles of some sort, things like that wouldn't you want there to be some type of show of force by the police department to kind of say, Hey guys, um, we're here to take it you know, to make sure that this does not get out of hand, go back to your houses. Let's, let's just calm down. We're going to arrest a couple people because you guys are critically actually hurting people, breaking windows, things like that. But like, I, I I wouldn't want to be out there without some type of armored vehicle. Do you really want to be a police officer and getting shot at and not have some type of armor around you?
0: No, I mean, it's one of those things where the, the analogy or the old saying I'll use is, you know, bring in a knife to a gunfight. Yeah. I I, I don't want that. But also what I don't want is the abuse of force that, that has been unfortunately exhibited. It's almost like an unsolvable issue. I, I, I don't know what you do. Because you want to be protect
1: yourself. Like all these people are, and this is one thing that gets a little upsetting to me is that policemen, police people, these are your next door neighbors. I'm sure every one of our listeners have probably somebody that is... Can name a
0: cop as a friend or a family member. Exactly. And
1: probably within your neighborhood, you probably have a police officer that lives in there. Mm -hmm. Like, it is extremely common. And so, these are just normal people that have a job and decided that I'm going to help the community. That's why I'm like, I don't think they're trying to do anything bad. They're trying to just uphold the laws as intended. And yeah, you're right. This equipment stuff makes it, is it, I think the main question is, does the equipment incline them to do more bad than if they didn't have that equipment? That's really the kind well, of the question. What well, that's,
0: that's what I was kind of talking about earlier as far as they are unnecessarily, I, I feel like I can freely use that word, unnecessarily deploying the SWAT team and utilizing the equipment to justify the use of the equipment to keep getting it. Cause who doesn't want more stuff?
1: So you think that they're deploying it specifically to get the money or to, to, no, no, to no, I get, think, ask for more?
0: I, I think they're deploying it to ask for more and to show use, a use case for it. Yeah.
1: So maybe there should be more of a rationale around, okay, hey, we used it and it resulted in X. So let's say so, there's... So 80, the
0: problem th- is, and this is why I said the chicken and the egg, catch 22, whatever you want to... Com- common thing you want to say to it because, all right, now all of a sudden, police chief, I come down. on hey, hey, Cody... You, you deployed four out of ten that you deployed your SWAT team. It was it was bullshit. Yeah. So now the next call you get, you're going to be over-scrutinized and maybe you don't show an appropriate use of force and all of a sudden you got four dead cops. It sucks. I, I don't know what you do.
1: Yeah. So here's what my thinking was. I know we're, we're about halfway through our second beer. You're probably almost done with yours because you're a faster drink. I don't know. You're about the same spot. I'm oh, good. Thank I, you very yeah. much. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Over there, yeah. Um, no, what I was thinking is, is um one thing I was trying to think is a lot of people over the, and we probably should do a separate one to on fund the police because this is not exactly like the defund the police.
0: Oh, this is not even close. Exactly defunding the police, but
1: no. but what I was going to bring up is is we're trying to take some money away from police departments, militarization equipment. It's not really taking money because they're not actually spending money on this because it's free equipment. But what if those dollars that was going to a contractor? Because that's really what's happening here is that the federal government is spending me and your tax dollars on equipment that goes on a shelf that is then allocated to individual police departments. Correct. So in the end at the end of the day, what's really happening is you have, you know, let's let's just say one percent of your tax revenue is going to a defense department contract it might be more or less i don't know but let's just for, for, for simplicity said, we'll call it 1%. yeah 1% so if i spend $1000 in taxes this year you know you have $100 going to a defense contractor and 8 800 or sorry $80 of that 100 are going to be going to a military use and then the other 20% just goes to a shelf mm-hmm. which is absurd in the I, first one I know. but let's not try to solve that problem Well, that 20%, instead of actually spending it with the defense contractor, maybe it makes sense to actually increase the amount of police in that local area. Oh, rather than equipment, FTE? Bingo. So let's increase the amount of police, and now we can do more effective preventative policing, right? When you increase a police presence, what usually happens is is that people are like, okay, I can't get away with stuff um they're just going to be there's always police around like okay this is an area where I'm just not going to get away with this thing I'm going to move somewhere else which is good and if you do that in enough areas especially high density areas you kind of root out a lot of criminals and and the nice thing with more police is it also roots out bad police officers better because when you have a 100 people yes you're going to have some bad eggs always oh, 80 20 rule yeah you're going to have some bad eggs and, uh, and I'm saying bad eggs. Your 80-20 thing, uh, I'm not saying average police officers. I'm saying some
0: bad people. The, the people that make the headlines. Exactly.
1: That's probably less than 1%. Of, I hope so. Yeah, it probably is. Like, just bad people. They get through this whole program. They barely make it through or whatever it is. And there it is actually a bad person. They make it through. Less than 1% of police officers. It probably happens
0: through. to every line of word. Every single year.
1: There are bad politicians. There are <laughs> bad CEOs. There are bad firefighters. There are bad beer makers. Yes. We don't. I'm just saying there are bad people. And police officers is probably more rare than other occupations. I hope so. Yeah. Right? Very because selfless job. Exactly. So let's say it's less than one percent. Well, if you have a hundred, okay, one person. If you have two hundred, you would think it's two people, but what happens is is that you have more people. So now I'm almost policing my other police people. So now you have more people that hey, I run into this guy five times a day. I'm oh, actually, you know what? We ride together in the same car. So now you have less likelihood of those bad eggs actually doing anything bad to that local area. What do you think
0: about that? So I, I like where your head's at, but it, and I'm I'm about to make a point where I don't know much more about. So please, God, don't ask me for a clarifying question. I'm gonna just. I know it. you are. Yeah. I'm sorry, buddy. <laughs> no, but uh, you know, if I see weakness with with especially when I announce it, <laughs> um, with the government in particular, there are different colors of money, and by that I mean. The way I understand this this 1033, this LESO program yeah. is the military actually over orders, overspends, and gives it away. Yeah. So it's not like me as the Chandler police chief is procuring this even at a discounted rate. I am getting this. So therefore, from a budgetary standpoint, I don't know if the color of money where your where your scenario makes sense. So I like where your head's at. In theory, I think it's I think it's great. I actually agree with all the points he made yeah but from a budgetary standpoint while I understand we're trading billions of dollars of equipment for billions of dollars of people you would think that makes sense mathematically but because of the colors of money I don't know how practical that is
1: well what it is is right now we have a federal income tax
0: okay that we're
1: probably everybody very aware of because that's the big one that everyone pays I'm I'm aware every Friday yeah and then you have the state and then you have local or sales tax so what I'm kind of proposing here is, is okay hey Federal income, guys, uh, you are already overspending on this one. Let's reduce that by whatever that little percentage is. It's 0. .0001, guys. It's small. Reduce that and then increase your state or local tax by that amount. Now your local police department gets that amount instead. So I'm in Chandler, Arizona. I'm in Gilbert, Arizona. I'm going to pay the exact same amount of taxes total, but the money is going to be routed to the agency. Allocated to now my local agency, my local Gilbert Chandler PD. And then they're going to use it to hire additional personnel without the ability to be getting now this equipment.
0: So now you're going to convince one entity to take less money. That's that, that's going to go well.
1: That's the hard thing. And I'm not convincing one entity. I'm convincing all the lobbyists for these defense department companies that go that in... have
0: deep pockets because they charge the military a shitload. I know. And what I'm trying to say is for
1: listeners is... Do you want this police militarization thing to be fixed? I I think the way you fix it is is more police officers because then you decrease the amount of crime that can lead to an escalated event. The only reason you ever see those guys come out with military-type equipment is because there's an escalated event. They're trying to protect their own life. A perceived
0: escalated event, Exactly,
1: right? I'm coming out in that event, and it may not be escalated yet, but I don't want to be out there because I have a family to go back home to. A lot of these officers have a wife, they have kids, they have parents that they're taking care of, whatever it may be. I'm going to do everything possible to prevent myself from being in a, a death situation. You don't situation. want to be a statistic, yeah. Exactly. And so why wouldn't they armor up, per se? Why wouldn't you? I, I I know I would if I was in that stance. Why would you not? Anybody in that stance would want to armor up. So the only way you do that is make sure that those events don't occur. You need more police officers. I think you need more officers to reduce the likelihood of tr- uh,
0: dramatic crime events. What do you think about that? Yeah, like like I said, I don't I don't hate it. I'm just it's kind of it almost seems I'm weird, just, right? What what I really like about our our podcast is, and I'm not and I don't want to discredit your opinion, and I'm not trying to come off as disrespectful, but I'm trying to figure out the practicality of it. And I know you no, did a good you. job of, of of trying to explain your way through it, but. Unfortunately, the way our world lo- works with lobbyists and deep pockets and yeah. deep-rooted politicians that are probably, you know, doing some stuff that we don't know about or don't want to talk about. Right They're now. not shady, Jared. I know. They're not shady. Politicians are <laughs> actually the one group that there's no bad people in. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it, it's one of those things where I'm just trying to figure out how to – look, I, I want to take it from theory to practice. I know. And I don't know how you realistically do that.
1: I just didn't see another route, right? Like, I, I don't know if you have another, like, solution
0: that's 100% going to work. I would rather, I know this sounds actually kind of bad and 100% wasteful, but sometimes we just have to look at things at almost like a sunk cost at times. And if, you're, if the military over, over not, orders, yeah. hold those commanders appropriately accountable. Every logistician should be, or every squadron commander or brigade commander, whomever, should be held accountable. If you over, if you misuse and abuse government funding like that, you should be held accountable That's for right. the proper UCMJ channels, of course. But this fact like, oh, yeah, if you overorder by 20% because gov- some government contractor gave you a sweetheart of a deal or whatever, right? We, yeah. You and I understand there's someone making a shit ton of money on this. Oh, you want to plus it up 5%, 10 20%, whatever it is. You know, we know that game works. I don't think that should be accepted. So I think the root cause is the fact that we, we, I'm sorry, I shouldn't have said we, the military intentionally overspends. And it's because of that whole, you don't use it, you lose it mindset of, from a budget standpoint. So there's a, a much deeper rooted cause, but I think an accountability from a military, from a commander standpoint needs to be the first step. This is weird. I would much rather the grenade launchers or projectile launchers and the MRAPs or whatever, I would much rather them go wasted than start unnecessarily scaring our our civilians because right now we have a WRM program it's a war ready reserve um so I don't want to get in trouble so there there are certain facilities places throughout the world where we have WRM programs out there WRM material yeah. that we have stashes of food tanks weapons bullets etc. Mhm. Supply that. If you overordered, get your hand slapped, and you know, figure out your budget for next year, and you, you get appropriately uh, reprimanded. But then that excess does not go to the schools, doesn't go to the police force; it goes to the WRM program. That's what I would do. Yeah, but too,
1: I, I, again, I'm pushing back on this. Not because it's, it's your idea by any means. I like it. I think there's, I think it's valid. How, how do you how
0: do you stop a police chief from getting free free fun toys? Yeah, but... Who the hell wouldn't want a great launcher? I know, I
1: know, know, 100%. (laughs) But the problem is, you just said, I need to take these generals, right, and essentially slap them and say, hey, guys, you just ordered by 20% extra. Yep. Well, the guy that's slapping him did that for the last 50 years to be in that position. So you're essentially going to say, hey, yeah, you're a one-star general that just overordered, but the three-star general... That's in that position. Did that for fifty years. He would never, or she would never do that. Yep. There's a structure there in place that, unfortunately, you can't you can't have a reprimand. You can't reprimand. So, so what you're saying either. is,
0: our leaders can't tell our future generational leaders about past mistakes that they've made. They can't pass on that wisdom. You don't want for in your military, for your two year old daughter for companies. your two year old daughter. You want her to touch that stove. You okay, can't just tell actually, her to- it's hot. Yeah, come on, I yeah, I, I do. Yeah, I, I know you do, but personally, you understand the analogy I'm saying? I do. You, that's what wisdom is. You learn from your mistakes. Hey, if we continue to do things like we've always done, we'll never evolve. We'll never actually get better, yeah, right? But
1: wisdom does not come at somebody else's wisdom very well. You cannot pass on wisdom. That's the problem. Wisdom comes with experience. I understand that. So you have to be in the position, right? And so you cannot pass it on to another person. I think church.
0: with proper accountability and proper fault ownership... I think it could get there. Hey, I, hey General Willis, I'm General Jones right now. Yeah. You're a three-star, I'm a four-star. I, I messed up. Don't do this. The reason why is because <clears throat> the sub... Wow, that could have been bad. Just for you listeners, I, I talk on my hands a lot. We are actually in our new studio. We're actually going to be on camera that we can actually see you know, Cody and I's yeah. animated faces and hand motions. I've the I almost went all over laptop. I was about to be really pissed. You guys would have learned some curse words. right. Really <laughs> Sticky t- sticky keys. Yeah, but um, what, what I'm saying is is I don't know. I just feel like that's that's a shame on the leaders the the leader's ability to lead. I guess for for lack of a better term, I wish I could have put there. But it, maybe if my first beer, I, I could have come up with something a little bit woodier. I don't but, know, man. I dude, I don't come, think. Come on, a- man. You can't tell me that you haven't had a mentor at work that says, "Hey, Cody, I tried it this way." I tried it, and I understand where you were trying to go. But maybe if we go this way, it's going to be a little bit better because of X, Y, and Z.
1: No, I I, I understand what you're trying to say with, hey, I've done it. Learn from way, mistakes, but I didn't see that as a mistake. I'm not seeing that as a mistake. I am the
0: three star, or I'm the four star, or whoever I am. You want to know the mistake? Eighty thousand SWAT deployments. Yeah, you don't but, want to know the but, mistake? The school is getting grenade launchers. I'm not the one deploying them. You're mm-hmm. the one over ordering. I'm over ordering because you're the I want. Ones, you're the one contributing to the supply of the grenade launchers, the excess grenade launchers, the excess MRAPs. But I'm not. I'm not doing that on purpose. What I'm over ordering for
1: is to make sure I'm prepared for the next tragic event for my line of work, not for uh, a Chicago issue or not for a Phoenix-based issue or for a Los Angeles-based issue, right? If I'm if I'm a four-star general in the Army or in the Air Force or right, wherever right. I am, yeah. I am making sure that my team is prepared for the next conflict.
0: Love it. So that's what what you're challenged and charged to do.
1: So it would be be almost absurd for them to even expect them to order the perfect amount. Okay, so they're like, oh yeah, guess what, guys? I'm within 3%. So we still have 3% over ordering. I'm within three, that is very good. I would say that was like a perfect order if you're within 3%, because we're looking at billions of dollars to spending. So if you're in 3%, that's not that big of a deal. So they still have 3% of excess weapons, whatever it is. And and more than likely, it's gonna be around 10%, because 3% is perfect. We can't ask for perfect. So let's say 5% is likely. So I still have 5% of excess stuff. To your point, I like your idea. Let's put it in the reserve store area. WRM,
0: yeah, yeah. War Ready Reserve.
1: Yeah, let's put it there. Okay, we'll put it there every single year. It doesn't get used. It's going to collect dust. Some of this stuff has maintenance to it. If it doesn't get maintained properly, well, that just means there's another tax bill. Or we can just give it to somebody else to maintain, and they may actually need to use it. I think it's kind of crazy to think that police officers don't need some of this equipment in some cases. Some of this stuff is like body armor. Like some police departments don't have body armor. I think they probably should be able to have body armor. Agree 100%. Okay. So some of these things that they're getting are just the newer version of body armor because the federal government has the best deals with these big companies. Like they get the discount per se. I'm, I'm quotating here because the discount sometimes <laughs> is not really a discount. They
0: mark it up 20% to give a 20% discount. Exactly.
1: So whatever. But they're getting the best deal. Like the, the, the police department's never going to see that price point. So I think that makes sense. Like, why would you not want them to have that weapon or, or or defense? The material, yeah. Yeah, and and some of this stuff, I get it, guys. It, I think the things that make the headlines, and to Jared's point, he's using these to his rationale is the the it armored runs, vehicles, the M16s. The, yeah, yeah. All these weapons of you know, let's say mass destruction for police, but they're bringing them out once a year for some tragic event. <sighs> I know the SWAT team thing is weird, though. You, I didn't know about the 80,000 SWAT team. Did I?
0: I? I thought that was an absurd. And whenever I figure out the statistics that it's wasted, because I'm sorry, you, you deploy a SWAT team in a third of the time, you don't even find a weapon. 40% of the time, you don't even find anything. We're, we're talking 73% of the time. We're really not finding shit. <laughs> so here's a weird thing. Uh,
1: analogy. I'm sorry, guys. an analogy been, Give guy. me a car analogy? Nope, no, Damn. no. Damn, what, what are you working with? No, no. Um, so just this weekend, <laughs> um, my brother, he's in construction. He needed some help with a job, um, like a construction job. He's like, hey, man, I need I need to catch up on this thing. Can you? Would you mind helping me out? I was like, yeah, no problem. So uh, for all of our listeners, I build furniture. I'm somewhat handy. I, I built some stuff in my house here and there. So I, I know how to do a, a lot of stuff. Um, general stuff, not 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 a specific person, but uh, Chance asked me for some help, so I go over and help him out on Sunday morning. We got up. I was I think we were at the job site by like five thirty. Oh, so cool. We so got we're up early. Oh yeah, we got moving, and so I brought a bunch of stuff, tools, right? Because he has a set of tools, and a job doesn't move very well if I'm borrowing stuff. No, so yeah. I brought a bunch of tools, and he told me what we were doing, but I brought a bunch of stuff. Thinking, this is what I would need to use. I've never been there. I've never seen what's there. I had no idea what I was going into. But I brought the, the tools that I would assume I may or have to use. I end up using two of the tools I brought of 20. But I brought them. It took up room. It was a pain to move them all in a box. I had them all out. Great. It probably took him additional time, additional resources, whatever it may be. But I had him there because I didn't know what I was walking into. And when I got there, Chance says, oh man, you brought all those extra tools because he knew the situation. He was my kind of eyes on the ground but he didn't relay that information to me. So I know this is a simplified analogy of course because it's just tools and there's no human life at stake. There's no uh, critical events here. This is just a construction site. But I think Everybody has a job that they probably can relay where they might bring things to the table. If you're going to a meeting room, do you always need your laptop? No. Right? You don't. Do you always need a pen and paper? Maybe, maybe not. Hopefully. You bring stuff that you assume you may need to use. But if I brought a pen and paper to a meeting that ends five minutes in because it's just not relevant, it was unnecessary. So would I say that's a waste resource? No, you're going to, you just do it. So just to your point of, should police departments bring these tools to something that they don't know if they're going to need to use it? They have access to it.
0: So I can understand why they would want to make sure they bring them. Because their own life is at stake. What do you think about that? I I can appreciate that. And and again, I think it goes back to the the time old saying is better to have it and not need it than need to not have it. Right. Right. And and I can appreciate that. But to a certain extent, we we have to draw the line in the sand somewhere. You know, whenever I'm reading about the main department of inland fisheries and wildlife. You know, we're talking about just fisheries and wildlife. They're getting M14s deployed to them for free because of this excess program, the the 1033 and the LEOS or LSOE, whatever. We're we're talking about the wildlife and fishery are getting M14s? Where where the hell do we... Where do we start holding these, these military commanders appropriately accountable to not just... Excess spend. Yeah. Wildlife and fisheries are getting M14s. What the hell? A little
1: recreational use there, but...
0: <laughs> <laughs> I don't
1: think there's a job requirement there at all. Zero. Zero. Then again, there could
0: be some um, poachers. Thank you. Yeah, I know poaching is pretty bad in Maine. For yeah, fish. give me a fun fact. For fishing. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> Eh, I know those lobsters. You better watch out, man. Those lobsters go for it.
1: So, <laughs> that is a weird one. Um, dude, I'm sure you can pull out and some Look, small I understand. Stats. I have said yeah. a couple of clickbaity stats. Yeah. I get that. But
0: whenever you start compiling all these clickbaity stats, I think it is that the norm? I, I mean, if you're able to compile enough stats, it's not exactly. An outlier, right?
1: Yeah, so here's one thing I was looking into, and and this is what actually made us kind of delay recording, to be honest, because I was looking into this so deeply, and I could be completely wrong on this, but it took me a long time to... Because what I was trying to find is, is, does this military equipment result in additional deaths in that area? Okay. Right? And so there's actually... Good good luck quantifying that. So there's actually some people that have stated yes on this. So what they do is, is they look at how many how how much equipment has been funded in that county. So let's say uh, Maricopa County, they've received $10 million of equipment that they, you know, the police departments in Maricopa County have, have requested. They've requested X amount of MRADs, They've requested X amount of grenade launchers, X amount of M16s, whatever it may be is M4s is probably the right terminology, but, um, Anyways, they've requested these items. So let's say it's up to $10 million. And then what they do is they compare that to years previously without that military equipment or with less. Okay. And to see if there's a correlation between human life loss with a police officer in incident. So you essentially say, okay, every year when there is a military equipment budget being paid for, like, okay, hey, we're getting $10 million this year, the next year we get $12 million, and so on. Is there also an increase of human life? So there is a report. Um I read through the paper, and this is why it was taking me a little bit longer. Here, it 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 actually goes over all of this, and, and they essentially state yes, there is an increase. Um, and they did this over a 10-year period of time. Hmm. <sighs> And they got down to there's about a threefold increase. Oh wow! After year fifteen, so starting in year zero without any military expenditure, and then year fifteen there's a threefold increase. Now, here's the interesting thing: they, this is only in three states. Now, I'm not trying to make this the case that this report is not cro- proper because I, it's I don't know if it's peer reviewed, but I'm essentially a peer right now reviewing it, <laughs> and I'm just reading through it, and I would be thinking, okay, how they determine this data. This is done in four states, Maine, New Hampshire, Nevada, one well, other state I forget. Oh,
0: interesting. I was figuring it was gonna be at least in the northeast, but
1: No, no, different random different states. Um but I looked at the data sets that there were the the death increases and they were all in large metro areas where populations also increased. They don't take that into account. So they don't take into account population. It's not a per capita type of Uh, Comparison. It's just, okay, uh, you spent $10 million this year, you spent $20 million this year, and you had two more deaths. That means that the more money spent equaled more deaths. Mm -hmm. Well, if the population doubled in size, you would have twice as many likely cases of a criminal-type event that may result in death as well. So they don't really take into account the population growth, and I looked at some of the maps in the report and in almost all cases, the counties—and this is from my limited knowledge of counties—but in all cases, the counties and the states that they did the registrations are all highly density, high density counties. Okay. Right. So, for example, one of the largest counties that saw increases is Las Vegas, the county where Las Vegas is. All the other counties in Las- in Nevada didn't see Clark County, I believe. Yeah. They didn't see a large increase. Uh, uh, depending on spending or in death count, and it makes sense because Las Vegas is going to have their population booming, so you're gonna, probably going to have more criminal events. So, anyways, all this is kind of coming to my conclusion is like, I don't know if there is a a positive correlation with if you spend more, if you get more military equipment, do you actually see more human life loss? I think that's really what this podcast is about: is military consumption of equipment for police forces. Does it result in loss of additional human life? Because that's the last thing we want. That's what I care about. Yeah. Exactly. Right. I don't. You could. You could get. Let's just say they get <clears throat> unlimited amount of military stuff, and you actually see a decrease. I would be all for it. Exactly. The last thing we want is is any type of additional human loss. Mm-hmm. This report is stating yes, there is, and I read through the whole thing and tried to kind of make some assumptions here, and I don't know if there's a, a causation based on this correlation that tr- they're trying to do. Ah. Uh, you see what I'm trying to? Say? I think they're trying to kind of tie it.
0: To you it? think it's a loose tie, though? I think it's a little loose. And then the last little well, thing. Well, I, I think it's one of those things, and that's why I almost stated, I'm sorry, before you even started, I said, good luck trying to quantify that. Th- there's so many factors. Very, exactly. That go into it. Well,
1: here's the weirdest thing. So I said population growth would be a big attributor. Population density, also attributing it. Because the more people you have, like, I would imagine there's a lot more crime with people that are in a skyscraper than a suburban neighborhood. Okay. Right? You're all stacked on top of each other. You're going to be frustrated when the elevator doesn't even get out there on time, if it's broken. There's just more frustration, probably, in a very tight area, because you're always bumping shoulders with people. There's a higher likelihood of a crime, probably, because of people just being Do you think that's a, a crazy assumption, or what do you think?
0: No. That makes sense, right? Yeah. I I, I would actually uh, agree with that. You know, <laughs> Look, everyone in life, every walks of life has their own stressors, but Whenever you're constantly tight and shoulder to shoulder with people, oh my god,
1: yeah, like it's it's nice to have a
0: little bit of air, air because likely if you're having shoulder to shoulder, you're in a highly dense populated area, high cost of living, commute to work, you're always in traffic. It's it's just not a good life. There's more stress, a lot of stress,
1: a lot of stress. stress. So the last little thing I read in this, which is this, I thought you'd like this. So they said, yeah, we get it, guys. Um, we didn't take into account the population density. Oh, that's good. So they actually were trying to say that. Okay, that makes sense. So what we used is is the amount of dog killings by police to justify the increase. Dog killings? Exactly what I said.
0: DOG killings yes. is what you're saying. Okay. I know.
1: Huh. And this is where I'm like, okay, this <laughs> is an interesting... Now, just so you know, this report is cited more than any other report on all of the major news networks that have talked about police militarization. And I told didn't I tell you it was taking me a really long time to oh, get yeah. through it? Because they don't actually cite the actual journal report. So the actual document, they cite other news companies that have cited. And, and that's why it was like a link, a link, a link, a link, a link. And finally, I was like, I was Googling a lot of different journals that were all about this. Finally, I found it. And this is the one that they were all kind of attributing to. Which, okay, I get it. Maybe there's some data sets in here that are actually 100% true, but where the correlation kind of falls apart for me is they're saying, well, the reason this makes sense is that we also saw additional killings of dogs in counties that saw additional use of militarization equipment. And I'm like, okay, well, I don't think police officers need to use high-value military equipment to kill dogs. Like, I, I don't think there would be a correlation. Oh, I have... More grenade launchers equals I'm going to kill more people, and I'm also going to kill more
0: dogs. Do you think that makes sense or no? I'm, I'm trying to figure out where the hell the dogs are coming into place, man. What? Right? I, don't, I, I, don't I think that was this. a
1: very odd reasoning to me. Now, the only thing that would make sense to me is that there's more population, so you're going to have more encounters with dogs when you have more encounters with people that
0: are committing crimes. Yeah, that would be the only thing. Yeah, I mean, but I then get, it falls I apart. That, I, can, I can follow that, but That's the weird. dogs independently I don't get.
1: <sighs> huh. so, so see where like it's kind of a, like they use that as their crux to the whole argument uh, to rationalize it. So just one more out there. So,
0: you know, as we're kind of coming to a conclusion, pro, con, pro, you know, for, against, you know, where are you at? You know. Today, you have to draw a line in the sand. Yeah. Right now, you know, with this 1033 program, is L-E-O-S or L-O-E-S? I can't remember, but whatever. The 1033 program. Yeah. Are you for or against it? Are you just okay with, you know, these military commanders over-ordering by upwards of 20, 25% at times? Yeah. And just say, uh, uh oops, here, here you go. Yes. Yeah, so Wild I'm, and fisheries and police departments and yeah. schools.
1: You know, what's funny is I do not like the 1033 at all. Okay. Um, which is good. Because if you got rid of that, that would leave kind of a an, a reason to not be overspending if you were a general. Now it might just go to your other destination that you mentioned, where it's just like a the WRN program, yeah, yeah like a reserve. Yep. Which I'm all for. You need that <sighs> to some extent. Like we don't Agreed. A, a absurd excess. We right don't. now we have an absurd excess. I think that's why police departments are just taking it. Yeah. Um. So where I'm where I'm for and against is I want departments that need this equipment to probably have it. I think there are situations that unfortunately occur. I don't. I don't never. I, I don't ever want policemen to go into a situation and feel like they are underprotected.
0: Absolutely not. Because they are going into a situation that they do not want to be a part of. So, I I, I agree with you 100 percent in that. I understand there are bad people in every line of work, and I yeah. understand unfortunately as recent news and, and recent history would illustrate is it's gotten a lot more um, highly publicized as yeah. far as the bad police officers out there. However, I can't make decisions and make, you know, best, you know, recommended best practices as far as going forward on the bad apples. I just have to assume that these men and women are sacrificing their lives to protect perfect strangers whenever they become a first responder or military person. Right. So let's, yeah. let's hyper focus on the police officers right now. And with that, if the bad guy has a gun, I want my police officer to have a bigger gun. Yes. If the bad guy has a grenade launcher, I want my police officer to have two. Or an MRE Or a tank. Yeah, whatever. I don't care. Like, I want, whatever it comes, show of force yeah. from the bad guy to the police officer, I want the police officer to 2X him every freaking time. So
1: where I think that makes sense is you have to have maybe more money going into that department. Right? So I think getting the federal government out of that situation and giving them the money and saying, okay, guys, I live in this community. We're a growing community. We're going to end up higher density. We're going to have more problems. I'm going to pay higher taxes in my city or my locale. Makes sense. So I think the way you fix it is you move some of that federal taxes and you give it directly to your local taxes so that they can use it for what they actually need it for. Right, so if you live in a smaller town with ten thousand people, you're just not going to have a tax base to justify the purchase of a armored tank. You just won't have the tax base to do that. Neither will you probably ever need it.
0: Hopefully not.
1: Yeah. Now, if you're in Chicago or if you're in Ferguson, Missouri, or something like that, where you have a large tax base, you also have a high density of population, and you also have a likelihood that you could go into a situation. Well. Yeah, you may have a couple of armored vehicles to deal with very aggressive rioters. San Francisco. Exactly. And so I just think it makes sense to have local people be able to make those decisions. Now, right now, they're making the decision just to get free equipment. So even if I have a 10,000 people population, I can get that free MRAD. Mm -hmm. I can get that free whatever as long as I can justify it. Now, here's the problem. I can justify it personally probably every time. Yeah, I can sell to some government bureaucrat that I need it, but if I had to actually purchase it with mm. tax dollars, mm-hmm. I don't have that. I don't and have that account money. for those for your voters. Bingo. Yeah. And so I think you need to take Be that accountable money. For Bingo. Your voters, yeah. You need to take that money, put it into the local governments, and then they can do with it probably better. You're just getting rid of the the bureaucracy between the dollars. Mm-hmm. Right now, you're sending it to a federal bureaucrat. They allocate it to the, the Congress allocates so much money to the DOD. The DOD then says, okay, this government branch gets so much money. This branch then says, okay, this general gets so much money. This general then says, okay, I'm going to spend so much money on this program. This program now overspends by so much money. And then that money gets allocated to 1033. You see how, like how many steps I had to go through there? Where I'm just saying, my dollars should go to my mayor. My mayor says my police force gets so much money, and then they can spend the money. That's three steps, not 20. That's what I'm trying to get to, closer to the effect.
0: A little bit more tangible for you. I think so. What do you think about that? No, I, I agree with you, man. And, and I would love, and very similar to your earlier, earlier ideas as far as, you yeah. know, Miss. I'm not sorry, Miss reallocating, you know, Hey, I'm going to take 0.1% from my federal to my city. And that way it allows them to have the proper autonomy to run yeah. the places. Yeah. I, I get it in theory, I'm just struggling with it in actual practice.
1: You just got to vote for the right person, I guess.
0: Yeah. Right. I, I mean, honestly, the midterms are coming up.
1: If you vote for the person that, you know, wants to put control with your local community, that's probably who you should be voting for. I like, Hey,
0: whoever wants well, my who, mayor. Or who my who has a better pulse on what's going on in Phoenix, Arizona?
1: One hundred percent. Someone in DC. No. Someone in (laughs) DC. No. Or someone here in Phoenix. No idea. Yes. Yes. Phoenix. The governor of the state. That's even distant. Like I I don't think the governor knows what's going on in Chandler right
0: now. No, because look, look, he has to worry about. He has to worry about Sierra Vista. He has to worry about. Oh my God. uh, Tucson, Payson and Phoenix, and yeah. Yeah, he's got a pulse,
1: but the mayor and the police chief of your city, in and out get it well should and they're also working probably absurd hours because they have a lot of responsibility the the governor and the president and these congressmen and all those people in dc there's a reason the the richest zip codes are there they're sitting there and they are making a lot of money hanging out in session
0: a couple weeks a year like come on now guys
1: yeah okay ready to close this thing up man
0: yeah, man. Um, as always, you know, uh, we love interacting with our followers. Like I said, or I'm sorry, like Cody said earlier, this this subject actually came from a suggestion that we got from one of our listeners. Um, so we invite them all. We we love hearing the feedback. We love getting the different perspectives. Maybe if we messed up, please let us know. Um, so with that, if you guys wouldn't please give us a follow. Wouldn't mind, please give us a follow at Six Pack Discussions, and we look forward to interacting with you. And uh, thank you guys for listening. See you guys. Bye.